The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Middle call! Hey, hey! What's up, everybody? Welcome. It is uh, Sunday afternoon, evening. I'm Guy, that's John. Great to have you on the show. Pass the Tito's, bro. Pass the Tito's to Pete Carroll. He's four and three. He's in first place. Luckily, I've got a, uh, got a case of it. Somebody sent me a meme of Russell Wilson on the phone. Russell's face, like, photoshopped on... Uh, you remember the Joe, we did it phone call? Russell's face shopped on uh, uh, the body, and he said, Pete, we did it! Seahawks in first place. Um, hey, if you're watching on YouTube, great. If you're watching live, fantastic. If you're watching after the fact, just as good. We appreciate it. Uh, hit that like button. Subscribe to this channel continue to help us grow thank you to everybody who's already on board if you're listening to this podcast that's great as well thank you to you uh share it five-star review on apple podcast that's great uh leave a question in a in a mailbag and um we'll uh we'll get into the next uh mailbag solace five and two solace five and two um i guess we're recording this dolphins play tonight or tomorrow who's the they're the uh, Sunday night yeah it's yeah. dolphins pittsburgh yeah uh, so I guess dolphins could be, uh, you know, whatever. What would they be? I guess they're who care. Yeah. Right I mean, they, they, they're not, they've fallen apart. They've lost three straight games, but Sala and Sala's beating up backup quarterbacks and Kyle's getting throttled by good quarterbacks. Yeah. 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 Lot to get to today, John. Oh, uh, yeah. so let's dive right in and tell the people first and foremost, so appropriate, you know, win or lose, you know, it's always there for you. Tito's Tito's handmade vodka. Thank you for your support. And uh, in times like this, for the service you provide. I think the Shanahan family is going to need to slam some Tito's. You see, they were doing a, a, a anniversary for a Denver, the 97 team. Must have been the 25-year oh. in Denver. Obviously, they lost. What's that? Kyle, you know, Harbaugh prancing around. Both those guys, I highly recommend Mike, Kyle, get your Tito's. Kyle, you pour a triple. Mike, you had nothing to do with the loss in Denver. I hope you just have one, you just have whatever you feel like. Tito soda, John Daly, uh, transfusion, whatever you're uh, whatever you're feeling tonight at Shanahan's or Elways, wherever the hell you guys are going. Uh, hope it's going well because you don't care win or lose. Uh, no, that's the beauty of Tito's. Tito's doesn't care if you win or lose. Tito's no. wants you to uh, enjoy responsibly. Go to Tito'sVodka.com. So many great uh uh, drink recipes for the fall, for the winter, for Halloween, like the Bat Tito Bite, John, which is some Tito's vodka. Some Oh, this actually sounds really good. Some Tito's vodka, some blood orange soda, pomegranate juice, a little sparkling water, and a couple of limes. That sounds bomb. That's a, that's a great beverage right there. Uh, Tito's been making the good stuff for 25 years, celebrated the 25-year anniversary. <clears throat> uh, 
did Harbaugh come to the 25 year anniversary for Tito's? I'm, I'm sure he would have. Yeah, he would. Michigan gear. Montana would definitely show up to that. You'd have to pay him, but he'd be there. That's right. Um, but Tito's handmade vodka. It's the good stuff. Keep sending us photos. We got a bunch of uh, got tagged in a bunch of posts on social media this weekend, as always. You guys enjoying your Tito's. So thank you for that. Yep. Right now. Tito's. We love Tito's. Yeah. Uh, also brought to you by butcherbox.com slash ham. Let's let's not forget that, John. Butcherbox. No. You see what it is right now? I just I just looked. I just eyeballed free, that one. You get a not some free turkey. You get a free turkey at butcherbox.com slash ham when you use the code ham in your first order. That's a 10 to 14 pound turkey for free in your first box. Yeah, you know, I mean, I was looking up if you're listening to this on Monday. We're a month away from all Thanksgiving and, you know, inflation. Remember last year, those turkeys were not cheap. This year, they're going to be really expensive. So take advantage of it. We're giving you guys free turkeys. I mean, we got your back, homies. Uh, so right now, butcherbox.com slash ham. Use the code ham. Pick your boxes. To, you know, you, if you want ribs, steaks, uh, burger meat, ground beef that makes burgers. Uh, they, they got it all. And uh, you and I have been long, long supporters, long-time users, and they've been long-time sponsors of the podcast. We love ourselves at ButcherBox. And around, like, holiday times, no, no one can provide this. Free turkey? Free 10 to 14-pound turkey? What That's right. Ultimate convenience, incredible value, free shipping, no surprise fees, choose from a variety of box options, all delivered to your door. The main course for Thanksgiving dinner is not a source of stress this year. Not anymore because ButcherBox is offering all our free listeners or all our free listeners. Well, I guess our listeners, this yeah. show is free. Uh, but we we're charge. offering free turkey with the first order. Sign up today, butcherbox.com slash ham. Use the code ham to get a one to 10, uh, a 10 to 14 pound turkey for free in your first box. That's butcherbox.com slash ham. Code ham to claim this deal. On the chat, Ben says, should have subbed in Patrick Willis. He was there. Bad foot, though, remember? Yeah, well, I mean, would have fit right in. What if you just looked over? Bowman, Willis. Remember when, uh, do you think Bochy called Flannery? I told you last time one last ride, but I need one last, last ride. Like if Kyle and D'Amico just looked at Willis and Bowman and said, guys, pad up, fellas. One of them might have been like, fuck it. Uh, Richard G says, want to trade half a bag of stale stored brand Doritos for an average QB and right tackle. Free shipping. <laughs> I love a good bag of Doritos, not gonna lie. And uh that what that was a uh you know, what do the kids say? He was in his bag. Yeah. That felt like today, you know, we've all been watching now because it's like Steph Curry. Uh I, I was gonna use a baseball player, but you know, most you know, there's not a baseball player that everyone's watching all the time, but I think we have consumed a lot of Patrick Mahomes. That felt like you know, of the pie chart, he made a couple unreal, the one play when he was rolling out. But I thought today, for the most part, it was an Andy Reid. I'm going to kick the shit out of you today, 49er game plan. <laughs> you know, and Patrick just was very, was just played kind of within himself. Like that was just a very Patrick, just kind of ho-hum in terms of like doing 360s, jumping over guys. It didn't it take magic not- from Mahomes today. No, it was just like, I, it was like Andy we got a game plan. Let's stick with it, fellas. Kelsey was amped up, and we're going to dominate these guys. And this is a long, you know, it's like it's a marathon, not a sprint. Well, this game for us is just a long-term sprint, and we're going to run faster, and eventually they're just going to fucking fall over, 
huffing and puffing, and we're just going to keep never stop breaking stride. And that's kind of what it felt like today. The game just went on, and it just got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. The, the it, call start, it didn't start was worse. Worse. It started no, I, I know, but I don't put much stock into the first 10 minutes of a game. And even in the first half, it's you're just thinking, like, this thing is going to be a scoring fest. And there was the play. I think it was – was it a third and 20, and they got 35 yards? Yeah, third That was 20, late in the game. Um they could have just uh, that ended was the, the Jarek game. Jarek McKinnon play. It was twenty-one to sixteen at that point. So, um, the Niners got a pressure on that first down, uh, on that first down, and Mahomes floated the ball to Kelsey. It looked like the ball was actually kind of wobbling, but it was a third and twenty, and um, McKinnon picked it up, and that made it first and goal to three. And the next play was a Kansas City touchdown. Yeah, and, and then they scored. Uh, they scored that touchdown, and it made it twenty-eight to sixteen. Now I know that I know the 49ers came back and ended up doing one of their longer drives and scoring with a Kittle touchdown. But when so technically at 28-23 the game is not over. Right. But I have a hard time when you have that team third and basically third and 20 and McKinnon gets 35 yards and then they punch it in a couple of plays later it might even have been the next play. Next play. Did that that didn't feel like this is they're just not going to win this game. Like that that can't happen against a level of that opponent. Do you agree? And, and you win the game in the second half. Well, it definitely can't happen multiple times, right? The problem was it happened again on the next possession. The Niners go up, uh, the Niners get the touchdown 28-23. They get the ball, Kansas City gets the ball back, Bosa sacks Mahomes, and then it's second and 16 when Bosa tackles fucking the guy in the Tyreek Hill Halloween costume, Pacheco. That, guy, that guy's pretty good. Seventh round pick. Uh, and then third and 12, and that's when MVS, Van, you know, Valdez Scantling gets the 57 yard deep shot on on uh, Mooney Ward. One, one thing I will say, being a corner in that position, now granted, it's unique for Ward, right? He's gone literally up against this offense his entire career. <laughs> so he knows, like, do you think Andy's just going to throw out the sticks here? Or are they liable to go deep? And it just felt like most corners, and I bet the way he's being coached now, like, hey, you just can't give up, you know, 15 yard out or whatever. So it felt like he was kind of hugging, like, I'm not letting you break in or out. I'm keeping you in front of me on right before the sticks. The problem was MVS just took off for the end zone and he was fucked. And I, I think, you know, that was kind of the tale of the day that I, I think it's fair to assume the major- 99% of teams are going to run something, I would say, between 10 to 15 yards, maybe a little short to one of your receivers, hope they break a tackle or make a move, or right at the kind of uh, the first down line. And they just call a basically a deep, you know, opposed to, I mean, this guy, the, the knock on MVS has always been like, well, he doesn't catch everything. It's never been he can't run, right? I mean, he, he's always been able to run deep. It's just he's dropped balls over the years. He sure as hell didn't drop that. I always kind of liked him, to be honest with you. Well, I think him uh, and Lazard. I kind of like him. And Lazard. Yeah, I know somebody else who kind of, in hindsight, kind of likes him. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and Andy and Patrick, and Andy and Patrick. Um, <laughs> him and Juju fit right into the team, don't they? I mean, the yeah, I yes, yeah, but part of it is they make them fit in, right? Um, Corbin says Kyle is struggling without Mike McDaniel. We'll we'll get to that. I. I think the um, the thing about Mahomes I want to go back to is like, and and you're right, I agree with you. It, there wasn't because I was thinking this after the game. How many tight window throws did he really have to make? A lot of wide ass open guys, 
on multiple plays and big spots at the end of the game. Game was over. Juju wide open. Juju was open multiple times. Kelsey was open multiple times. Um, I do think part of it when I said like Mahomes didn't have to do a lot of Mahomes magic. Part of Mahomes' magic, though, is the stuff that looks kind of normal for him, but is really hard for other guys. And I think that third and 12 play, the 57-yard throw to Valdez Scantling, like most guys, when they're when the when they have to make a play, the pockets may be a little muddy or broken down. They're on the move. Garoppolo today was a, just a good example of he he can't really make plus plays, and Mahomes makes plus plays look really easy to the point that after watching him today, my reaction was, oh, he didn't really need the magic. But the fact that I mean, he made a lot of plays today that most guys just don't make. That's that's part of why. And I, I know you watch the Oregon UCLA game on Saturday, that game was three to three in the first quarter, but I'd watch both those teams a lot. I was watching the game. There were, you could just tell that it was going to be explosive. And in the second quarter, it got explosive fast and it didn't take anybody that's watched the Niners or the chiefs. And that's everybody. Cause they're on prime time. One of them feels like every week you just knew like that first Niners drive when it was the classic Shanahan opening game script, when that drive ended in a field goal, there was a part, I think anybody that's watched that probably just went, uh, okay. So you just had that drive where you got to, you kind of squared up a fastball and you hit it to the warning track, right? Field goals over and over again are just not good enough against the chiefs and the Niners. I think entered 58% red zone touchdowns. They were not good in the red zone. I haven't had my staff do a study on this yet, guy, but it does feel that when Kyle Shanahan today, they busted some big runs, right, with Wilson and McCaffrey. But it's one thing when you're up and you're busting the runs and the Niners kind of feeling themselves. It's another thing when they're down like 21-16 or whatever. And the, and the run hits. And, I mean, it's a nice run. And then it feels that other teams know that once he gets a mojo run, like – in a tight game, or especially when he's down, he runs. He might be more inclined to run it again, and they'll just sell out on the run. That happened a couple times a day on back-to-back runs, like where the first one kind of hit, and then Burkhart would be like, oh, Will's kind of feeling himself. He's really getting humming now, and then boom, next play, Willie Gay, one of their D linemen, their safety, right up in the box. Because And, and part of this might be, again, have to do, have my staff do a study on some of Spagnola's scheme this week Steve is clearly a blitz heavy guy, right? He just he feels very comfortable sending pressure, whether it's safeties or linebackers. But I do think they knew that Shanahan likes to do the back to back runs when the first one works. Mm. And it felt like they got stuffed a couple of times. And, and this was I, I mean, I, I thought just a complete undressing by the coaching staffs, by mainly the, you know, the, the crew of one guy famously undressed Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, right, in, in 07. And Andy's been undressing defensive coordinators for, I don't know, decades. But it's, as the kids say, he's really been in his bag since he got his partner yeah. in crime, Patrick Mahomes. Like, I, when, when he's on with Patrick, you know, I, I just think that they are, they're a lean, mean fighting machine. And there's nothing lean about Andy. But uh, even Patrick, <laughs> like, how funny does this, like, helmet, his, his face mask kind of close to his face. He kind of does a waddle. You're like... God, is this guy really the best player I've ever seen? And then you just watch him play. You're like, holy shit. Yeah, Greg Olson, who is fantastic. 
said today, and he's not breaking news necessarily, but he said, I, I think when it's all said and done, this will be the, the best one to ever do it. Now, there's a number of championships you have to win to kind of get that level. But did he say I, that about Kelsey too? He thought he had a – was that what he was saying about Patrick? Oh, he I thought, thought it was about Patrick. Maybe I missed that he was talking about Kelsey. I thought he he might have said something separate and he thought Kelsey would go down as the best tight end of all time. And I'm watching him like, yeah, I don't necessarily disagree. But who doesn't block? Well, he's an unstoppable receiver. Yeah. Patrick has a long way to go, obviously. Like it is the rings like, are just it, you know, the, the volume of rings for Brady. Now, by the time if you're listening to this Monday morning, he might have announced his retirement the second time in 2020. He might just quit. So Patrick can at least start just ascending to to attempt to it's it's fine it's final right he's never going to get another ring quit you mean for the second time this year yeah i'm saying he retires on monday morning again but again for the second time this year he retires yeah maybe goes on vacation or whatever i don't know got it um you know I, for as good as the chiefs were it it didn't have to be this way and we can get we'll get into some of the specifics maybe the niners lose a shootout maybe the maybe there's nothing D'Amico can do to slow down the chiefs offense but the Niners were like, I don't think this was just about Jimmy. I mean, um, Andy and his defense and Spagnola out scheming the 49ers. I mean, that was obviously a huge part of it. But the Niners were sloppy, too. They committed a lot of penalties. Well, they're a sloppy team. The I mean, they get penalized teams, a lot. The special teams is them not being able. And I told you this conversation I had with Justin Wilcox, like all he wants, Cal's coach, Several weeks ago, they just want a kicker to kick it out of the end zone. That's what every team wants. It's just a kicker on kickoff to kick it out of the end zone. Less collisions, less coverage, less fucking around. And I know, you know, a lot of people, we went to the half and you're thinking, you know, can the Niners defense make any adjustments? And then the Chiefs come out and score on three plays. And, you, and you're like, well, I, where are the adjustments, D'Amico? But. The fact is the Chiefs started that drive at the Niners' 33-yard line because they had a double whammy. The Chiefs had a 48-yard return because the Niners can't kick it to the end zone. And then Juwan Jennings, like there are sometimes borderline plays where you hit a guy late because he just stepped out of bounds. I mean, the return guy, uh, uh, Tyreek Hill Jr. Yeah, Pacheco. Was taking three steps out of bounds. Juwan Jennings hit some 15-yard penalty right out of the locker room. Like, it's one thing you're getting your ass kicked and you lose your focus. Right out of the locker room, you commit that penalty. So, uh, I mean, it, it, the Niners in the red zone were weird. Not that they've been great in the red zone. The irony is that Rap Sheet's report the other day was they're going to use McCaffrey in the red zone. And I called bullshit on it because I, I think they're just going to use him, which is what they did, except in the red zone. He was in at a couple plays in the red zone. The Ray Ray, the crazy Jimmy just kind of, Threw the you ball up. Were, you were crushing that play. I think that's like Jimmy's best play he's made all year. He scrambled out. I thought he it, threw it to the I, right I, side. I'll watch it again. But yes, I was. We were texting about it. I thought it was a pretty lucky play. I, I thought it was just. I mean, a, yeah, it was a great catch. But like he threw it to a side where the DB couldn't make it. Uh, I, I think that's like the best play Jimmy's ever made. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I disagree. I thought it was pretty lucky. But regardless, that's what they. That's how they scored in the red zone. Yeah, but no. to, to me, the problem is, is Jimmy just can't slice and dice you when it has to happen. And today, so many passes are, I mean, it's just the Jimmy Garoppolo experience. And he just had to be better. He just did. And he wasn't. And they, they there were points in time, uh, yeah, just, I don't even know. They, they just, 
you know, the the red zone on the one that Jeff Wilson and maybe, you know, he couldn't see. It wasn't the greatest pass. Like, if you're going to use Christian McCaffrey in the red zone, you're going to use him for that fucking play. But now at three and well, four. You're talking about the Jeff Wilson play? Yeah. Yeah. But it, Jeff, well, I mean. But it's not like, well, it's like Christian McCaffrey's been sitting on the couch. No, he's been just playing football nonstop. Well, but Jeff Wilson had a good game. Well, no, I'm just saying, but if like you're going to run a oh, wheel out to a yeah. guy, like wouldn't you do it to Christian McCaffrey? You, like, yeah, I, I would. You would love to. To me, you want to talk about D'Amico's coaching and just in general, the, the scheme thing. I have such a big problem with, and I have this problem with anyone in life that's like, I, I do believe you got to stand for something. And I'm not talking like morals and treating people. I'm saying in whatever business you run, any any sports franchise you run, this is what we do. And for the most part, I think successful people have something like that to fall back on. But there are points in time at any, you know, you kind of get to a line when you're playing, especially in sports, when you're playing a team that is taking advantage of that. Years ago, and even after they lost, Daryl Morey said, well, in Vegas, statistically, we should have won that series. It's like, no, Daryl, you lost because you shot 27 straight threes. 27. And you missed them fucking all. If you just would have shot a couple of normal jump shots, got to the rack, you probably beat the Golden State Warriors. You, you win that series, and you are probably the NBA champs. You would have been. I mean, you, no one's beating you. The Cavs aren't beating you. But like, you were so like, this is what we do. Basketball is a little different in football because it's like a flow of a game. But you, you could always call a timeout and say, hey, guys, we need to get to the rack. Football, I understand having a game plan. This is what we do. Well, the moment it's not working, and never forget, Andy Reid once hired this guy named, I don't know, Jim Washburn, who was Chris Kacarek's mentor. And what do they do? The wide nine get up the field. Now, clearly the Niners have adapted it. They're not quite as crazy wide nine-ish, right? But the philosophy is exactly the same. We penetrate and we get up field. And for the most part, and especially when you're winning, but just against most teams that have shitty lines, the Chiefs don't, you can kick their ass and just throw them off because you're just always in the backfield, even on their passing game, their quick hitting game. You're just always just overwhelming them. Well, today, Andy, who is the greatest screen caller in the history of the sport, and two, one of the best offensive game planners who is comfortable with this scheme in terms, he went against it in practice. He saw its flaws when it was losing him games. Today, he just undressed the edges. That's all he did. He kept hitting edges whether it was screens, whether it was fly sweeps, whether it was to Kelsey just to get quickly, because he always knew the D-line and Bosa specifically. And listen, I understand that, but this is a game where it's like, hey, on the sideline, we got to change a little bit. Hey, Nick, take one step and maybe pause. You know, I'm not saying two gap and stop, but like you can't just keep throwing the same fucking pitch when the ball keeps getting hit out. And this is always my problem with, with like quote unquote high level coaches that have like this is what we do like you got to change or it's like every time that you play this guy you will lose and you'd be like well you only play Andy Reid once well if I'm these other coaches and what does any coach say well we just kind of it's a copycat league what works really well against a defense that is dominated this year wouldn't you be crazy to not take some of this game plan some of these plays know how you can take advantage of the edges and like in the it, and I'm not even talking about like next week or the next couple. I'm just talking just in general. I hate that philosophical just inability to never change, especially like live in the heat of it. It's like, guys, my mom can see that you're having trouble with something specifically. 
And and it's so easy to hit these plays. And that third and 20 for 35 is such a classic example. What's going to happen? They're going to fly up the fucking field. And at minimum, you're going to get 15, you know, maybe not 15, but like 12 yards. You're going to walk to 12. And then who knows? I mean, if you, if they block it right and they get super aggressive, you walk for 35 yards. Because that's what he did. He didn't get touched till about the 30th yard, right? Well, I yeah, to your point, I think it's, you know, it should be a red alert. Because what do most teams do with Nick Bosa? Double the team. guy with the ball, well, yeah, double team on pass plays, but the guy with the ball does not run towards Nick Bosa. We go right? the other way, yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes the other way. So it's a red, it's a red alert when they're running plays right by Nick Bosa. The first, the Hardeman touchdown, I think it was the first jet sweep touchdown. I can't keep track of Hardeman scored three touchdowns, but they ran the one that was just right by, they ran it right by Bosa's face. And I don't yeah. totally, I mean, it's easy, you know, on TV to see. You got old linemen, you got people running by you, but they just ran that thing right by him. Their idea, and they were right, they knew that the Niners wouldn't be able to recognize it because they wouldn't be looking for it. Well, and, he show, and he showed them early on, too, whether it was the first or second series. Might have been the second series because they scored when he got the back-to-back, like, off, like, in the neutral zone. He was clearly amped up getting upfield, so they're like, they were, they doubled down. They go, God damn, this guy not only is not, like, worried about our screen game, he's going extra hard yeah. at – because it was kind of a game for him, right? I'm back. I'm going to fucking sack the best quarterback in the league. And, and, and I just, think but you got to pick your spots with that shit is what I'm saying. Uh, but I think part of it was he knew their offense was going to be very quick. Like he knew they were going to get the ball out quickly and he wasn't going to be able to get there. Which, which is, is what the happened. best way to neutralize any great pass rusher, right? So Tom That Brady. or run the ball at him. If you yeah. can run the ball effectively, Adam, like, we don't really run. <laughs> well, they, yeah, they, somebody runs, but they're not those types of run plays. But the McKinnon play, the third and 20 was the same thing. I mean, it was Bosa that was right there. But I think, was, and Andy, was, and Andy would Bosa tell you that had that McKinnon on Bosa and McKinnon just went by him and Bosa got stuck. And, and this is gets back to like the West Coast offense and the philosophy that Bill Walsh had is that like a screen pass or even a wheel route. You guys, everyone's like, you know, it's an extra. If we run seven of those throughout the game, right, throws to our running backs, you guys look at those like passes. We we say that's basically a run in our offense, right? Behind the line of scrimmage, a short where the ball is not You're traveling more than the, the completion percentage is going to be so high. Yeah, I just say we're getting the ball to our running back in a position behind the line of scrimmage to make plays. And you, you could say almost that some of Kyle's plays with Debo behind the line of scrimmage, even when it's a throw, yeah, it, it kind of operates like a run, right? Yes. And and I think that's where Andy Reid, but he's been doing it for like it's, there's no secret, right? Everyone knows. I went into this game thinking like I bet he's going to really try to take advantage of their up the field stuff. Yeah, but he's naturally like game. D'Amico's just genius guy. You you would think he would just have a different pitch, but it go. Listen, I'm a huge Chris Kasirik guy. Like the Niners would have been in major trouble without the guy. But like today specifically is one where I just don't know why we look on the sideline and go, hey, uh, let's have throughout the week. Like, hey, we got to be ready for this. We're going to have this separate package that they start hitting us that we're going to like. Maybe even throw the like a, the changeup, right? We're gonna go one step and then all drop and fuck. Maybe pick off a screen. I don't know. He throws screens like that's when most people think Andy Reid. Now with Tyree Kill, they've been throwing bombs for four years. But I think historically in his career, he's like screen game, screen game, screen game. And then even with the Chiefs, right? The screen game with he has all these like uh, crazy ones with with Travis. That it's really like God. I've never seen that tight end. Oh, like some before. of those inside pitch plays too. Don't forget yeah, about those. And, and you know. It's just, it boggles my mind. It's one of my biggest pet peeves with coaches 
it happens more in football, definitely, than basketball. The the Maury one's probably the best example you're going to find because most times in basketball, eventually the guy will try to get fouled or something. Well, he has a pretty big outlier. In football, it happens a lot. Like, this is what we do, guys. This is what we do. It's like, well, you just lost fucking 50 to 10. <laughs> Good job. Keep hammering that one home. 44-23, but that means it was 44-13 to after the Niners took a 10-0 lead. Isn't it crazy when you get like blown out? out there. When you get blown out, that 10 to nothing feels like it happened seven days ago. Don't even remember it. Not at all. Not at knew, all. Did you feel that way, though? Like, I bet most people listening to this or watching this did. It's the, the, Now, the one thing is the Niners 10, there's like a, there are categories of Kyle Shanahan games. One of them is everyone gets hyped, and then Stafford throws a pick, and the Niners run away with it. Everyone gets hyped, and then they sack Aaron Rodgers on the first series, and the Niners run away with it. So they do play some of those games that weirdly they blow somebody out, right? But they had that three nothing, then they pick they well, pick yeah, yeah, up ten nothing. So what I'm saying <laughs> is, when it was ten to nothing, did you think it was going to be that game? Because the one thing about ten nothing is, the second the other team scores, it's just a, it's just a regular game again, right? If yeah. you don't well, go, they scored seven. Nothing, it was ten seven. Yes, normal. Yeah, if you don't go ten nothing to seventeen nothing, then it's ten nothing to ten seven. Now it's every you know everyone was fired up, but it's a long day. It's a four quarter game. I don't know if it was Olsen or Burkhart said it. Kyle's like, you know, he will throw you the ball, but then the problem is he locks in and he takes over and he starts starts making miraculous plays. I didn't hear that. Yeah, he said Mahomes will throw you the ball, which historically has thrown picks, but then he can just really zone in and turn into like Tiger Woods in his prime and not make a mistake. And that's kind of what it felt like. But he didn't even have to do that. It was not one of those pick you apart. No, it was a cohesion. That felt today like a scheme offense. That felt like, Andy, I'm going to embarrass you, D'Amico. I I am going to have people go, when you get interviewed, they're going to ask about this performance. What happened? Like that, that's, that was that level of like, if I'm sitting down with you, like what happened in the Chiefs game? Well, because it could have gone the other way. Right, you adjust. All of a sudden, it's the kind of game that there's a re- you're getting interviews because of the way you played Andy Reid's Chiefs for sure. But I also think it was a team loss. Like once the Chiefs start scoring, there's there's only one way you can win this game, and you got to keep scoring touchdowns, right? And sometimes that happens. Sometimes your defense bails you out. Sometimes your offense has to go score. One hundred percent. But but they, they were not like I know the final score was forty four twenty three. But this was not a game that they were not that they could not play with Kansas City. It wasn't until but, they, but you but you agree. If I told you the Chiefs score thirty five points yesterday, you'd say the Niners lose, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a combination of you got to get them stopped on fourth and twenty, a uh, third and twenty. There's no question. I mean, you but you don't okay. throw a pick at the end. Of- well, can you read me the 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 sequence of touchdowns that you read? I think you read it to me before uh, we hopped on. You know what? I mean, which, which sequence? Well, after he threw the pick, just what the results were of the Chiefs' drives. Oh, after Garoppolo threw the pick? Or after Mahomes threw the pick? After yeah, Mahomes yeah. threw the pick. So, so the possessions for the Chiefs went interception, touchdown, touchdown, missed field goal, weird miss, touchdown, 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 touchdown. So that's one, two, three, four, five. What is that? Six touchdowns on seven drives. Seven scoring opportunities on seven drives, missed field goal. And think about this with the missed kick, right? Andy did get fucked a little bit when he's telling them to huddle and they call the timeout. He even laughed at it on the sideline, right? Because when they, when I was like, oh, the Niners are calling timeout, it's a little bold. And they're like, oh, the Chiefs did. And then you could see Andy's mad and he's going like this and they called it. But 
when you laugh like that and don't undress the officials, does he feel like we're in complete control of this thing? Yeah, although Rinaldi did say he was yelling at the refs that it wasn't. Well, yeah, I mean, but he didn't go like apoplectic Belichick throwing, you know, a headset. I wonder if in the Bills game that happens, he loses it. This game, I, I by that time, you kind of felt like, well, they're not going to score when they're in the red zone. I mean, Jimmy's baby zone pick. I guess we can get into Jimmy a little bit later. But that one thing you saw today that was on full display of Kyle, and this is just, I mean, Mahomes versus Jimmy and just the operation is, one, the Chiefs defense just isn't that bad. It's it's just not bad. I mean, they got, they yeah. got pass rushers. Chris Jones, I mean. Their linebackers fly around. They'll give up some touchdowns, but most teams do. Fuck, look at the Niners. Their ability, even without Tyreek, to gain yardage because of scheme and the talent at quarterback is something that the 49ers cannot relate to at all. I mean, it's just not a relatable characteristic, right? Like, they just can't go on, like, four plays and gain 60 yards with normal plays. Like, yeah, if if Debo wants to break three tackles and run around a guy, yeah, that can – but I'm just saying, like, run a route that gains you 22 yards. And then the next route gains you 17 yards. And then the next screen gains you 18 yards. And you have gone from the 30-yard line. Now, all of a sudden, you're at the 22. You're like, time to score, baby. And I was like, oh, six here, four here, minus two, and then six, and then eight. It's like, Jesus Christ, well, huddling. They're also, their rhythm changes completely when they get into the red zone. It just does. When they get to like the 28 or the 30 or the 25, the rhythm they it becomes a whole other doesn't it feel like it becomes a whole other possession all of a sudden yeah and and for all of the times over the years that Kyle Uzcheck and Kittle it's been schemed wide ass open not a lot of guys getting schemed wide ass open right now that's I mean for, we, we talk about sure huh I mean that's they, for damn sure yeah I mean the Chiefs are getting guys screen uh, schemed wide ass open and with the exception. Of Kelsey, the guys that they're getting wide ass open are, are not as good as the Niners' offensive skill guys. No, right? Like you don't think Andy would like Debo and Ayuk? Ayuk makes play. I mean, Ayuk did make some plays today, one hundred percent. But I'm just saying, like, no, no, I know. How good would their offense be if they had like would they trade Juju and Hardeman right now for Debo and Ayuk? Maybe Juju actually might be a better route runner than than Debo. But they would trade. I mean, they would take IU. Juju had seven for one twenty four today. Yeah, Juju's Juju's good with them. But think how good Ayuk would be on that team. What would Ayuk get a game? Seven to ten catches, like every single game. Yeah, it feels like the Niners really got to work to get him the ball, right? Yes, and and even then, once he's in the right position, the pass sometimes is a pass that creates a problem for him. Twenty one ravage on the stream says injury excuses? Question mark? Question mark? I mean, guys got beat up today, but I say no. I say no injury excuses uh, for the 49ers today. Was Bosa 100%? Was Charvarius Ward? Probably not. I mean, he came out. He came back. Hufunga. And I texted you before the Hufunga exit that you can just under, you can see why he had two collarbone injuries and a shoulder injury in college. He does not wrap up. I had a, uh, just, I, I, Tweeted, oh, well, I, after his pick, which was awesome, I tweeted a Polamalu picture. And some guy, uh, a former NFL player who knows Troy, started DMing me just about Hufunga. And we started going back and forth. 
And he said, he said, I'm not a tackling expert. This guy who played defense in the NFL was like, sometimes you just got to take an easy tackle over a heavy hit. And Hufunga, God love him, goes for the heavy hit. And, um, you know, that puts his, his body is at risk. Now your body's at risk no matter what you do. But so that was a factor. Um, well, the one out. down and then end up coming back in. When that hit, when they slowed it, showed it slow motion, I thought, that could either be a broken collarbone or a concussion. It could have yeah. been either one of the two. Yeah. I now, thought granted this is where like the new tackling rules, you know, you tack you got to tackle low cuz if low. you go higher, you know. Yeah. I I thought it was shoulder just based on but obviously he's had He got need in the head. Yeah, so it easily could have been um but I don't think that was you know, and green green law, I mentioned green law went out with the 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 calf. They got a lot of guys back in this game. So whether or not those guys were hundred percent, I was surprised to see Mooney Ward in the game. Um, but I, I don't, I, I don't know. I didn't think injuries were, in, were, a, were a reason for the loss today. You no. <laughs> I, I thought coaches. I mean, I thought this today was a coaching game that they got thoroughly. I, thought it was a, yeah, I would and a quarterback game for me, which is not a surprise. Like that's part of the deal. With this team, when you're playing that team, yeah, but I mean that's part of coaching around Jimmy is like when you're playing Mahomes, and listen, the defense has kept them in games they've lost, but like you needed a really good effort out of the defense, even if that ended up thirty points, that would have given you a chance. Like you got no chance when they were clearly headed toward forty plus. It's like the the Niners could have played a fantastic game and lost forty four to thirty one, right? Like they're just not a high end scoring in the forties. I would say scoring in the mid thirties. Like they're gonna like th- their blowouts are gonna be like that Seattle game twenty seven to seven, right? Twenty eight to three, uh, twenty eight to ten. Like because you're not gonna play perfect games against the Kansas City Chiefs. No, which is what it would takes for you to score forty four. Now, luckily, you know the NFC sucks, and you don't have to play the Chiefs. I mean, till the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that funny to you? I don't know. It's just funny. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, let's talk about Jimmy Garoppolo's game. This, to me, we've had several weeks of Garoppolo is playing good football right now. And I thought, you know, the last few weeks it was getting a little overrated. I thought today he made some fantastic plays. Like, really he actually, I thought, made more like really good throws in this game than his normal game, like really good throws. But he also did crazy stuff. Um, somebody in the chat asked earlier, does Jimmy ever throw the ball away? Well, Chelsea, I'm glad you asked. Chelsea fanatic, so probably not somebody named Chelsea. Um, he's thrown it away one time this year, according to Pro Football Focus, which is the same number of times as Trey Lance. So, no, he doesn't really throw it away. He throws it away in the field of play. Uh, you know, the interception when you're in field goal range, although you, you know, the interception overshadows kind of what was going to be an interesting moment, which is you're in field goal range. You got, you want to take the points here before the half. It's 14 to 13. You're down, you're only down one point. You're down one. So you can give yourself the lead. But you're probably, even if you kick the field goal, going to give the ball back to Mahomes with, with some time left here in the half. And, it, you know, it's probably going to be a touchdown game. 
and you and I were texting about it and you said four down territory, which I, I, I think like in games like this, you've just, well, I think be, that I know Kyle doesn't think that no, or else no, you run a normal play on third down. But, but, but the point is like, if they had ended up with a field goal there, depending on what that third, you know, that fourth down yardage would have been, that would be a moment because it was third and three. So it wasn't, but, like, but they, but you notice their routes all went to the end zone. Right, I did notice that. Yeah, so that 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 was a play to score, and then they were prepared to kick. But it's like, third and three. Well, this it's is third my and three. Just get well, four yards. But this is my issue with when you think so conservatively, and this gets back to Kyle. Like Kyle, you in what world do you think playing Andy and Mahomes that you're going to have a game where you can just hold on? They're like a field goal that would have made several field goals right in the first half. That would have been that would have been the third field goal. Potentially, let's just say he skips it instead of throws a pick. They would kick a field goal there, and they're 14 to 16. So it's basically nine plus seven, right? That would have been their third field goal, which if you're at the 50, I, I get it. And you got to kick a 50-yard field goal. It's a, That would have been embarrassing, given who you're playing. Like, you just, you're not going to have a hold on for dear life game. And that's his mindset. And that would have been two field goals inside the 15-yard line is what it would have been. Would have been insane, and that one would have been basically right at the whatever they were at, like a six-yard line. My issue with Jimmy Garoppolo, and I understand it from the standpoint of, and I think you see this a lot with Derek Carr, when you've had major injuries to you know your lower leg, and you're not that big. Like ultimately, like Jimmy and Derek are not built like Flacco, Philip Rivers, Eli Manning. Like they're just not as they're not remotely as big. Like if you've walked by the both of them and walked by those guys, it's just a different level human being. Say what you want about, or same with Luck, who fit into the Philip Rivers category. Now, you can say it ruined Luck's career because Grigson wouldn't block for him or find guys to block for him. He will not when he sees a guy. And it's one thing if a guy's literally right there and you're getting, but if the guy's like three steps away, but in the NFL, three steps is, you know, right, that's quarter of a second he's in you. Yeah. Will not step into the throw. So he's always going back. I- and he's always going, and you've been saying this forever, but specifically when there's pressure, you can step into it, but you're going to get hit even harder, which, listen, I'm not acting like that would be fun or whatever, but that is the position at the highest fucking level. It, it just is. And Jimmy refuses to do that, and then he does these lollipop throws where, I don't know, you thought he was throwing to Ray Ray. I'm pretty, I, I thought he was, he was throwing to Kittle. Like yeah, a I don't know who he was throwing to. You're probably game. right. I just know Ray Ray was right there. But bottom line, when you throw it off your back foot, Jimmy is one of the most inaccurate back foot throwers I've ever seen. And part of it gets to is like the reason Aaron Rodgers, some of the big arm guys can at least get away with it is they have such a strong arm. Jimmy's arm is average and the ball just, it it goes, he can't control it very well when he's in that situation. He just can't. I I have, I was thinking about it today. And and the DB even had, he had to make a really good play, right? He high pointed the ball. It was, but still he put it in position to be DB's dream of that ball floating at them. And as I looked at Maria right when he did that, I just said, a baby just died. Baby zone. She's like, what? I'm like, yeah, it's worse than a baby dying. And even she's like, "Are you? what are you talking about? Did you I'm say like, that? Yeah, just, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, yeah, that's what Rich Gannon was told by a coach. Um, so you're right. I've been talking about it for a while, and it's easy for us to talk about it sitting in a chair. We're not the one with Chris Jones and our face mask. But I do think, and again, I, I mentioned this last time, like we could get. I, I think that was a, I don't, I, I think that was a blitzer. 
Was that Chris yeah, Jones that, on that, that play? Yeah, that was like – I know what you're saying, but – I don't even know if he could have thrown the ball away. I, the play on that is probably take a sack or the play call. We could debate the play call, which honestly was part of my issue. I thought on their first drive they got into the red zone and just pick up the first down. Now, you could argue they put the ball in Debo's hands on on that – I guess it was a second down play. But it was such a slow, developing pitch play. Just – Go forward and pick up the. I think they get a little sideline to sideline in the red zone. Oh my! And how about that? Whether it was a linebacker or safety, whoever tackled Debo, he just like, well, I'm just mirroring Debo because I'm not playing the both of you. I'm not worried about Jimmy breaking through, right? So I'm just gonna, I'm just staying in front of Debo. Some of these, like Debo's the only guy in the backfield plays, and guess what happens? Like exactly what you think is gonna happen. But I think part of the way Garoppolo throws mechanically. I think it comes – my guess – or I have a theory. This is the best way – is that it comes from Tom. Like, Tom, a lot of times, it's all about that, like, quick torso turn and quick release. And the one thing was clear from the second they got Jimmy is, like, mechanically, he does kind of just look like Tom. And there's – House or Brady? uh, Brady. Comes from House House to Brady to Jimmy. I would love Tom House's breakdown because there's an emphasis on a quick release. And one thing – I. One of the first things you noticed about Garoppolo is he he has a quick release, but I think that's I think that's report. Now it's not Tom obviously steps in the throws, um, but I think a lot well, of Tom. If you, not anymore. Yeah, well, I think a lot of Tom. If you watch him, is that just that quick torso turn and that and and the ball comes out, and I think that's where it comes from because it happens a lot when there's not a defender, when there's no reason to throw it that way, unless you think there's an advantage to 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 throwing the football that way. Well, one major difference, obviously, between Tom and Jimmy is historically Tom's offenses, the ball was getting – they were no, getting rid of it pretty quick. Comparison, but, but here's the thing. When Tom's in a position where the quick hitter is not there right away, or even if it is and he, ha- and he misses or hesitates, which Jimmy, I would imagine, does way more than Tom, you know, like, I don't know if I can fit that. So he goes to the next. Obviously, mm-hmm. Jimmy knows the progressions and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Tom will eventually get rid of the fucking ball. Jimmy will hold it to, for a couple seconds, and then he'll get in that position where, like, oh, okay, fuck, do the back foot throw. Tom never does that, ever. And that, to me, is like, but I would say high-level quarterbacks, like, that was the knock on the mid-tier guys. Like, why is Phillip Rivers or Matt Ryan, why could they never be viewed as, like, a top-five guy? Because they make so many mistakes because they hold on to the ball forever trying to kind of play hero ball. Tom Brady never plays hero ball. Like, the majority, you know, I, I don't even count this year. But he would just – he'll just fucking take – Peyton Manning, same thing. If I get to the point where it's way past my clock, I'll just hit the ground. Like, I, I'm not going to throw dumb picks off my back foot. And I, Peyton's probably a better, uh, you know, comparison to Jimmy in terms of arm strength. And this is why guys like Rivers and Matt Ryan throw so many picks is because they throw a pickable ball also, right? The ball just kind of floats. They're not throwing these fucking laser beams – and Jimmy just throws these laser beams up off his back foot where it's like, what are we doing? Well, the play before the Kittle touchdown late where, there, where Jimmy almost threw an interception. Oh, my God. It went right through I, his hands. I think it was because the ball was not moving faster that it wasn't. I agree. That was like the fastest ball he's thrown all day. And I think he did, the, wasn't getting pressured. And I think the Jeff Wilson ball also was not caught in part because of how slowly it was moving. It's a changeup. The, the, the decision to throw to Ayuk when that guy was all over him was idiotic. I would say on the Jeff Wilson wheel route, that would be your classic. Like, you know, when uh, 
the wide receiver on a go route or a post route is wide open. In college, guys, for the most part, just let it rip. In the NFL, because it happens so infrequently, unless it's Mahomes or Josh Allen, like Derek's king of this, right? Throw the lollipop just so he can catch it. Jeff Wilson, I just would have thrown the lollipop just so he catches it. So I if he falls tried. down at the two yard line, Jimmy threw a strike, and the Did strike was like play? almost hit. Yeah, almost hit. Uh, hit Frank Clark. Jimmy's bad is just too bad when his good was like pretty good today. Okay, I thought today was I, I'd give him like a C plus B minus when the game was in the balance. And you yeah, then I, the, I, the pick I, is like a pick is an F. I mean, a baby's I, own pick like that yeah, is guy in a one score game against a team that I mean, it feels like the Bills or the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. Like you, you're basically playing a coin flip between the Bills and the Chiefs. You're going to win the Super Bowl. You're playing a potential Super Bowl team. Them or one other team is going to win the Super Bowl. You're down one point in the fucking baby zone. What are you doing? This not, is not Zach Wilson year two. Jimmy, you're 10 years of, of Belichick and Brady and fucking Kyle. Just hit the goddamn ground. John, it's like, you know, it's like trying to turn a lion into a vegetarian. It is just or throw in, the in ball the away. Blood. But this is where I actually. But, ha- but how is it? He's not like some playmaker. That's what's weird, isn't it? Well, yeah, I know. It's just how he plays. But uh, people are going to misinterpret what I'm about to say. But uh, but there's only one way to say it. Say it, goddamn it. Do not misinterpret this in as me saying that Garoppolo, like, guy, you love Garoppolo. That's not what I'm about to say. But John just gave him a C plus. I, I'd have to give him a better grade than that because I blame Kyle and the for some of their mistakes. That interception at the end of the first half, it is third down and three. You just traded next year's draft for Christian McCaffrey. Put Christian McCaffrey next to Jimmy Garoppolo, swing him out, throw him the ball, give him a, give him a chance to beat somebody. Or do it with Jeff Wilson. I don't care who was open over the middle, but I mean, there was a lot going on in the pocket, but you got Christian McCaffrey toss him the ball and let him beat somebody on the outside one-on-one. And then, and then, you know what, do it again on fourth down, but just say to yourself, I'm going to give McCaffrey the ball twice on third and three in the red zone. Let's go get a touchdown. Instead of that, it just, the other thing, Jeff Schwartz was texting us too, like, and it's on the quarterback. There were some, Jimmy got heated up a few times and you're right. That's just what Spagnolo does. And I'm no Jeff Schwartz. So, you know, protections uh, is I'm not going to pretend to know whose mistake was what every time. But Jimmy took a lot of hits today. A lot of hits. Well, part of when you're getting the quote unquote pressure, there's the hot route. You have to get rid of the ball fast. And there was a play in the second half where I would say football one on one. And guess who figured it out immediately? Christian McCaffrey. And they threw the little loop ball right over. I think Justin Reed. And McCaffrey picked up easy yards. And Olsen's like, oh, it's classic hot route, just on the same page. Like, yeah. that, th- And that's where, when Schwartz is texting us, like, they're bringing all this pressure. I would guess, in the red zone, because it happened later, they're trying to throw jump balls to Kittle. Like, that's in Jimmy's mind. I want to throw it high in the air to George on this play unless one of my wide receivers is wide open. Well, the moment you see guys flying at you, isn't that one, like, shouldn't we check, I don't know, the closest guy to me, the running back? And Jimmy gets like discombobulated, I feel, a lot when you get someone right in front of his face. And you could say, well, that happens to every quarterback. I'm talking more like when he's not necessarily like right up the middle, like when he's just kind of moved left to right. It just be, And that's where Patrick, obviously, I mean, he's one of the best players maybe ever, were good – let's just say good quarterbacks, you know, feel much they, – they stay pretty comfortable. 
You know, like they, they just can, they can stay calm and it might turn out to be shitty. Like, it's not like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes always excel right there, but they, they don't freak, you know, it's like Jimmy, you know, if it was a golf analogy, it's like, he lets one bad shot turn into like three. Like he just like lets the freak out turn into a much worse thing. Like obviously someone fucked up and there's a guy running right at him. Let's even assume like, the hot route didn't get communicated. There's going to be no one wide open. And maybe Kyle would say, well, Jeff Wilson on that specific play is the dead last thing. Like, I don't blame him for not getting there in that situation. There has to be some situational awareness where you just hit the ground. You're you're inside the fucking 15-yard line. Like, it's a chip shot field goal. Like, say one thing for Robbie Gold, he's hitting it right down the middle. Like, you should be yeah. just thinking in your head, just I'm deep. I, we're getting a field goal here, an easy one. Robbie can do it with his eyes closed. And Jimmy throws a pick. It's not just like, well, you know, it was one-on-one. The DB made a great play. It happened. What game was I watching? Oh, Texas, Oklahoma State. You know, Oklahoma State, when they get in the red zone, they just throw. And a lot of college teams, like, they, they're king of just throwing fades, like their top yeah. receivers. Yeah. And the, the, he just, you know, bad throw. He just threw it more to the DB. Like, if that happens, like, I can live with it. I can't live with backpedaling multiple DBs. Like, what? This is not when you're not athletic enough to get out of those situations. That's part of it. When you've been playing for a long time, too. You know, I if Trey Lance made that play, I'd be like, I get it. Jimmy Garoppolo at this point, like that ain't never changing. That's pretty crazy. To me, that's a that there is a little bit of a short circuit in his mind. This gets back to what Jeff was texting us about. Like, he just pressure and him do not go hand in hand. If it's not schemed up perfectly, like sometimes on those nakeds and boots, like he knows right where to go. It's it's set out like the play is the play where he has to like choose between two or three guys. It's like, oh, fuck. Hold on for dear life, because maybe, you know, he's got some great players and it happens sometimes. Right. Debo or Ayuk make a sweet play. Kittle make a sweet play or just the DB makes the play. It, he throws more like true 50 50 balls and, and they don't really have a, you know, well, most they, 50-50 balls are downfield throws. These are not down. Like we throw 50-50 balls on like, like a five-yard in, right? Yeah, it'll just be like some hitch route. <laughs> and it'll be Debo fighting some guy off to catch the ball like at the rim on a line drive. I know. That's the thing. The Danny Gray, I, I'm not going to call it an experiment because it's not an experiment. The experiment, they, they, they're missing an ingredient for the experiment, which is Trey Lance's arm. But they just have Danny Gray, so they try to work him into these games. And I thought when Garoppolo dropped back to to throw the deep ball, I was like, oh, this actually looks like it's got some heat on it. But like every Danny Gray deep ball so far this year, uh, he's not behind anybody. And I'd have to you know wait for the all-22, wait to see the footage. Did he not get by the DB or was the ball just underthrown? But Danny Gray comes in on first down and 10. Alert, alert. Danny Gray gets three snaps a game, everybody, and one of them is a deep shot to him. Then he gets a false start, which, you know, alert, alert, rookie in the game, getting all excited because the ball's coming to him, false start, and then they throw the deep ball. I Once he got the false start, I would have said, folks, let's uh, – let's uh, what's it called when you when you bail on an operation? Audible? You, you cancel Pivot. it? Well, yeah, football is, is audible. But, uh, you know, when you're like uh, – Light the idea on mission. fire? Yeah, abort. Abort <laughs> mission. Just abort – Danny Gray has got a false start, folks. They already know when he comes into the game, he's getting the ball. Let's abort mission on this bad boy. And um, that's not working. I don't, think, about, think about this. I, I would uh, imagine the Chiefs have a pretty good scouting staff. Your scouting staff advanced scouts, 
right? So they just give you a basic blueprint. Like this guy does this, this guy does this, especially with an uncommon opponent. And when you also factor in that the Chiefs traded, I don't know, a speed wide receiver. Their head coach historically loves those type guys. Who do you think they evaluated in this last draft? Because they drafted Sky Moore in the second round. I'd imagine they did some heavy work, I don't know, on Danny Gray. <laughs> what do you think? It's like, oh, we don't we don't have a scouting report on him. And he's like, well, fuck, I watched 700 of his passes. He's probably going deep, guys. Spags, when that guy comes in, they like to run far. He can run, right? I mean, it's 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 not even that. There's no really scheme to it. It's just a pretty obvious, like, when this guy comes in, he's going to do this. It's kind of like an NBA type thing, right? This guy just comes in to play defense, or this guy just comes in to rebound. Like, it's... This guy ain't coming in to run like an end around. I mean, he's, he's going to run a go route or a post route. And so far, there's other colors around him every time it happens. Uh, John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed.com slash ham. That's where you go right now. Indeed.com slash ham. Sign up and get a $75 credit to sponsor your first job post for better visibility, more applications, and quicker hiring times. Yep, guy. Indeed helps you see your top talent's abilities in a flash by adding any of the 135 graded assessment tests to your job posts. Select for the skills that matter so you can specifically find exactly what you're looking for, run the queries, and you're not wasting time interviewing someone that doesn't have the specific set of skills that you're looking for. Right. And indeed assessments help take the stress out of the interviewing process. All virtual, all easy. Find who you exactly get yourself a good hire and then have your business take off. No big deal. Time is money and indeed saves you headaches. Indeed interviews uh, occur virtually with no downloads, no plugins, no purchases. You can do it all in one place with indeed. After using indeed's virtual interviews, most employers said that it saved them days of hiring time, according to Indeed data. And on average, applicants who scored proficient or higher on the uh, reliability assessment were twice as likely to be on time for work. Indeed knows you're growing your own business. You got to make every dollar count. That's when you sponsor a job. You only pay for quality applications from resumes in our database that match your job description. So visit Indeed.com slash ham to start hiring now. Go to Indeed.com slash ham, Indeed.com slash ham. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. If you need to hire, you need. Indeed. Indeed. Indeed you do. Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me, and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot. Tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball, too. I've got some season-long more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs. Uh, not off, not feeling great about Shohei less than 38.5 right now, but I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks. I love it. It's Download the app today. Use code HAM50 for the first deposit match of up to $100. Butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions. 
Last night, I was thinking about ordering out. And then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden, it was homemade taco night. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham, and you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel. Vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use Game Time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event. Concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you Sightline on the app, and uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough, and here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now. Uh, speaking of uh, hiring, and indeed, Keith says, after six years, we've had below-average quarterback play. Isn't that on Kyle? Question mark. I, I saw Mayoko did a poll, the biggest trade or biggest move so far, and it included three. It included the Jimmy Garoppolo trade, mm-hmm. it included the Trey Lance trade, and it included the Christian McCaffrey trade. And the Trey Lance trade on his poll on the Twitter.com was the highest you know, of the group. Okay. And, and how did he, how did he, was it like just based on the most dramatic trade or the best trade or? I don't know if his wording was most important or most franchise altering. You know, it was whatever the verbiage he used, like it was pretty clear. And I think that the, that the Twitter users got it right. Like they made a huge swing to get a franchise quarterback in a draft. And right now that guy redshirted and then he shattered his ankle. So that th- they, they did not want this guy to be the quarterback because they know the roller coaster ride. Like it's an up and down ride to hopefully 10 or 11 wins. Like they, they might get lucky this year that the NFC is really shitty 
well, Seattle's kind of on a heater now, and who knows? Maybe Arizona's going to get a lot better with Hopkins back, but the new Call of Duty out, and that's always kind of derailed Kyler's career, you know, season. So we'll see. But my point is, like, they were, you know, they were three and four last year. They're also three and five, so they lose next year Ooh, week. Niners. The Niners, yeah, they were two and four last yeah. year, right? So I mean, things can uh, get weird fast, and they've overcome it before. But here's what I think we know: is they made any? I've been thinking a lot about the Christian McCaffrey trade. It's just you know, because you react to it real time. It's just so fr- you just think of so many things and the and, and the draft picks and you know a lot of when we did our emergency podcast. It was a lot compared to just like because it immediately comes out what they paid, and obviously Schefter had written the Rams, so it was clear they just got into a bidding. They just got into a bidding war with the Rams, like that much. It's not even debatable. It's it's a fact at this point. Well, Schrager reported. You saw the reports on the numbers. No. Well, that the Niners, the the ultimate, the final trade was what two, three, four, five, two, and three, the, four this year, and a five yeah. next year, right? And I think just the. The Rams offer was two, three, five. And remember, they didn't we didn't have a fourth. Well, remember, we figured that out live on Thursday night. I just typed in Ram 2023 picks and they didn't have a fourth. It was clear. I mean, they just they could not match. And that Jeff offer. tweeted initially with the Niners and the Rams in the tweet. So we knew that it was down to the wire. Yeah. And then as time goes on and you start to see the whole picture, you know, they got a couple three comps. And they also have, you know, if D'Amico gets a job, hopefully the owner doesn't watch today's game, they'll get more comps. Like, I get it. But part of this trade, like the more, like this week was going to be hard. The dude literally showed up at lunchtime on on Friday. But the help out, obviously, their young quarterback, but just immediately this guy, hand him the ball. He's a good player. Like you saw today, this guy can really play. He can make guys miss. He can catch the ball. He can run inside. He can run outside. He's going to be a really versatile chess piece for him. But they already have like really like Debo Samuel. They, they kind of have Debo, the version at wide receiver and Debo, the version at running back. And they're kind of it's like I, like buying another know, pair of pants and in, in the same pair of pants, a different color. Yeah. Like I'm watching the game today and, you know, this guy got hurt last week. He didn't you know, he was in and out of practice this week and he battled through it. But let's just give McGlinchey somewhat of the benefit of the doubt uh, or like. I thought Acknow- he was banged up today. Acknowledge that he's playing hurt. Yes. Yeah. But he's an average player to begin with. So how do the 49ers get a right tackle? Well, Because we know they don't have a first-round pick, so most of the good tackles go in the first round. Now they don't have a second or third-round pick. I mean, they got comp third-rounders, but like maybe they could have packaged a second and third to get up in the second to get a tackle if they let McGlinchey walk. Now they're kind of stuck. And you see today, like, McGlinchey's a liability. Because he's a liability when he's healthy, and when he's when he's injured, he's a shell of himself, and he's a shell of a player. Like he is a negative, and you just start going, well, they do have some other like issues at some other positions, as you see, like who knows, Eric Armstead and Kinlaw may never come back. Like is, is that fair to see? Like Kinlaw may never appear again. He just his career could just be over because of the knee. Like the knee. Well, might I'll just tell you the fucked. way I operate thinking about this team is not waiting for him when he if if he were to come back for them, great, but. I think you have to operate like he may not. Armstead's season could be a wash. Right? He just might not be able to battle through it. He's injured. So does McCaffrey like really change it for him that much? As you saw today, like they're fine with Wilson. And I understand that he's hesitant with young running backs. And I think Ty Davis Price jumped off sides today on a play, uh, which is not ideal with your running back. He was back, the only one to commit a penalty. That's true. Both, both uh, third-round uh, offensive weapons. 
jumped off sides and they do not play offensive line. They play fucking running back and wide receiver. But I, you know, it's cool. Like from a standpoint of like, it's fun to watch. I'm glad Christian McCaffrey is here. It's fun for our business. But like, just if I take the emotion out of it and take the business side out of it and just look at it, if if the equivalent of like, if the Rams would have done it, I'd have been like, yeah, I mean, I I get it because they're desperate, but this is kind of crazy business. I, I just think it's, yeah, I don't think it's quite reckless when you factor in. I think I use that word, but I, I, I do think it's, I, I don't know if the impact, like I would have much rather done this for a different position. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, you know, that, it, the money, whatever. I don't even care about any of that shit. We debated how badly the Niners needed running back help the other day. Right. And um, I, I do think they need it maybe need is strong. They re- could really use it this year. And obviously they try to justify the trade by saying it's not just about this year. It's going to be for multiple years, which is true because he's under contract and a lot of trade deadline or trades that happen are one year rentals. Yes. That's what's unique right. about this deal. But like to your point on the s- situation, at right tackle, it'd be like if you got in a car accident and you had multiple injuries and one was a broken arm and one was a fractured foot and one was a scrape on your forearm and you address the scrape on the forearm first. Like, yes, they could use help at running back, but that's not the biggest problem that they have. And you have to use assets. If you were just spending money to get a running back and it didn't subtract from the fact that you were also going to spend money somewhere else, then so what? Like, it, you know, in baseball, historically, deals are like that, where you pay somebody 75, you, know, you pay Barry Zito a bunch of money or you pay whoever, but whatever. As long as you're going to spend money on other people and the cost you up- your overpay here doesn't prevent you from overpaying somewhere else. And who cares? Like ultimately that's on your owner's check book on his bank account, but nobody, it doesn't really matter. Whereas for the Niners, it fundamentally matters. And the question is how much better are you getting with Christian McCaffrey and how much can he really help you? If you're not buttoned down in the other areas, if your offensive line is going to be patchwork. Okay. I guess you could argue, well, McCaffrey helps make up for that a little bit, but to me, even if he's the best running back they have, and we'll see. I mean, probably he is the most skilled, dynamic running back they have, for sure. How much? But but you've got a coach who gets the most out of all his running backs. Like Kyle Shanahan's problem is not squeezing every ounce of juice out of a running back. He does that really well. Like in fact, the six or the the nine million dollars or whatever you're paying Kyle Shanahan, part of that is like we never have to spend money on running backs because he's just gonna. Yeah, he'll use a bunch of third round picks on him. Just like whatever. 15. <laughs> yeah, 15 million. But he's going to squeeze every ounce of juice out of the running backs. I saw Ayuk had a quote just on Twitter after the game like, we got too many good players on offense to be scoring 23 points in a game. He ain't wrong. But only one ball, John. You can only get it to one person at a time. So, you know, I mean, it's cool that everyone's out there. Every defense that plays a Kyle Shanahan offense accounts for the running back. Whether that running back is Jeff Wilson Jr. or Christian McCaffrey, whether that running back is Elijah Mitchell or Raheem Mostert or whoever, like you, Kyle Shanahan is part of the running back, the running game, right? Why well, I, so, I just think that- now again, I'm excited to see him. The place was juiced, and he clearly brought some energy to the team, but that that's temporary. Like you got to go as a team. You got to win these games, and I just think you're stabilizing force in football if you're not going to have a Mahomes or Josh Allen, it's going to have to be the line of scrimmage. A couple times a day, one thing that stood out to me, like when the Chiefs just ran normal run plays, the Chiefs have a good offensive line. 
I thought that they shoved the Niners right off the line of scrimmage. And obviously, I mean, the Niners don't have their big beef is hurt. And how do you find these defensive linemen? Well, in free agency, they cost a shitload. I mean, DJ Jones, what did he just get? Three years, 30 million, 20 guaranteed. And he's just, you know, he's a solid player, but he's not like some Pro Bowl guy. And then offensive linemen are very, very hard to acquire. And I, I just think that when you get a a toy on a team that has toys and that has produced toys, right? They created Kendrick Bourne. Juwan Jennings, like, you should be able to find another one. You just drafted two guys in the third round. I, I like watching sweet players as much as anyone listening and as much as any 49er fan, as much as anyone excited. Christian McCaffrey's fun. Like, no one argues that. You just wonder if it was like, it's what we talked about on Thursday night. I, I don't like being desperate because you're like trying to flex with someone else. And I know John used the term that like get back to his Tony Dungy days when he played for him. It's like, we worry about us. Like I'm calling bullshit. Like if, if, if ultimately would have cost this to go to the bills, maybe they still do it. But I wonder if there is as likely to do it, you know, because I think the quarterback thing, I think they're less likely to do it if the Rams are not involved. Now, ultimately, I do think on a basic level, it would have cost them less if the Rams weren't involved. They're bidding against a desperate Well, team. don't you think the good teams were like, yeah, we're not paying that? Yeah, because the Bills obviously checked out. The Bills are like, wait, we're the best team in the league. Do we really need to do this? Well, the Chiefs were involved too, I heard. Okay. They, they're always kind of involved, aren't they? Because I, it's a unique opportunity. A lot of coaches in but, the but league the are going to like this guy. You're going to get this guy under contract. So I, I get it. Like, you got to factor that in. But, like, he plays running back. And we can't just go – now, he's a versatile running back. But it, it's not fair to go pretty universally. If you just talk to someone that follows football, they'd be like, ah, you know, it's like uh, they understand that running backs – and it's not just like the mid-range jump shot doesn't have value. Because I argue, well, if the guy can fucking nail mid-range jump shot, shoot him all day long. Everyone kind of understands, like, yeah, man, you can find running backs. They've all seen it. The Niners starting running back last year in the NFC Championship was a six-round player who we all went by, like, midseason. Got like, God, Elijah Mitchell's pretty sweet. A couple years ago when they made the Super Bowl, it's like, Mozart and Breda. Fuck, no one had heard of Mozart. He'd been cut, like, seven times by the Browns, and Breda was an undrafted free agent from Southern Miss or – I, I don't. I forget the school, but it's like no one heard of that guy. And I vividly remember seeing him at a training camp practice make an unreal play, and I made a little note. It's like, well, I'm not going to get too hyped. He's an undrafted free agent. By midseason, you're like, this guy can play. And it happens over and over with this family. And that's what's weird. Like a huge part of this story was the family connections, right? It gets back to like John talking about throwing Ed passes in practice and Kyle Idolite. It's just, it's a... It's not just we knew him. It was like we know these like John Lynch laughing about being at keg parties when they first started like making out Ed and his wife. So it's like, oh, my God, it's I wonder if they were a little too close to the fire. And on top of that, the Rams, I I just every single person in the history of business and football falls under this because that's ultimately what this is, is business capital allocation says the worst deals always happen in desperation. You know, when you're when you're talking about acquiring other things and sometimes when I, there's desperation, like Arthur Smith's dad down to his 50 grand had to go. He was desperate. I mean, sometimes you literally are desperate, right? Like Matt Rule, they, like he was kind of desperate. 
He's like, fuck, don't have a quarterback yet, Teddy Bridgewater. Trade for Sam Darnold, that didn't work. Trade for Baker. Like, I, I don't blame him. Like, what? What? I guess maybe he could have traded for Jimmy Garoppolo, but they were all desperate moves, but he was desperate. Belichick always just, I'll just, I need a quarterback. I'll just wait. And Mac Jones, there. It's like, well, Bailey's happy and Mac gets to come back, kind of. We'll see. But he's, he just never feels that desperate when he runs his football team. And I think sometimes the 49ers, We'll see how this plays out. And same with the Trey Lance, we won't know till we're talking in 2025. But sometimes they make moves out of desperation that aren't just like, well, they traded up to one, right? No, they traded to three. <laughs> you know, they traded for Christian McCaffrey. It's like, well, are we thinking straight? Sometimes it just feels like they're not always thinking straight, I guess. Uh, yeah, I do wonder. With pure clarity of like, I, would you guys do this if this was the offseason, you were taking a deep breath, or you're like in the heat of the moment in the foxhole, right? Yeah. I mean, I do think one th- one point I think to make is that I I think Christian McCaffrey helps them more if Trey Lance is on their team than if Jimmy Garoppolo is. Like the part of the problem here, right, is that the Niners have a fundamental problem that we've talked about for years on offense. And we both like Christian McCaffrey. We are in agreement with anyone listening. He's a sweet I was player. more excited to watch the game because Christian McCaffrey was on the 49ers. And I I I I audibly screamed a couple times when he made some sweet plays like fuck yeah christian like i'm rooting for the guy yes yes uh but i texted you at one point today i said well, you know i don't know the niners got down by a couple scores like, well okay this is a great spot for the princeton offense because that's what the niners offense tends to be is what i mean by that is it nine things have to go right right the the niners answered the chiefs three play touchdown drive to start the second half with an 11 play field goal drive like it's just Three play touchdown drive, <laughs> eleven play field goal drive. Like that's the whole thing right there. They can't. McCaffrey helps you more if you could actually open the field up and push the ball down the field. And now you get McCaffrey in even more space. But what if Ray Ray on the kickoff returns didn't get tackled at like the twelve yard line? Would that be a good? Would have been ideal. Again, neither special teams, as the internet likes to say, John problematic. <laughs> um, I, I got a couple high tower tweets today. I did too. Which I I do love them. You started that night, and, and I still love those. Didn't Christian but, McCaffrey used to kick return to Stanford? Oh yeah, I in one of the uh, most bizarre kick returns in college football history, he got tackled by the Oregon State punter Adley Rutschman on a kick return. Adley Rutschman, the I guess he'll probably be the rookie of the year in the American League this year for the Orioles, was the kicker at Oregon State one year. Oh, because he had a powerful leg, and. They, but he was uh, their punter. He was their kicker. It was a kickoff. Oh, I thought you said the punter. It was a kicker. Kicker. Kick. Did I say punter? Okay. Yeah. It was a kickoff. Yeah. And he also played baseball. And he, at the time, Bryce Love was on the team. There, he was trying to kick it to Bryce Love, but Stanford did this thing where they, at the last minute, switched where the guys were standing. So he like pooched it. it goes to McCaffrey because everyone's pretty, trying. That's to keep pretty it good college McCaffrey. backfield, huh? <laughs> yeah. Everyone's trying to kick it to, uh, away from McCaffrey. Anyway, um, but the point is like the fundamental problem that I always have is they can't move the ball down the field quickly. Their explosive plays generally come in the run game, which is great. I mean, McCaffrey can be an explosive. We saw flashes of it today. A couple of times I thought he was going to break off a touchdown run, a big one. Um, and it's what they do. And so in that sense, he helps them, but he doesn't solve the fundamental problem of their offense. And, you know, not to run in circles here, but the fundamental problem of their offense is not solved until they can throw the ball down the field. And Jimmy Garoppolo is just, you know, he's not capable of that. They cannot go blow for blow with you. Their print, the Princeton offense means they've got to be able to string together seven to 11 
really precisely run plays to answer your bam, Juju, bam, Kelsey, bam, Hardeman touchdown. Like it's just, they don't play. They cannot, they are not capable of consistently playing in that type of game. I don't know if this is sustainable. And Christian doesn't solve that problem for them. Well, the well, I don't know if it's sustainable and only time will tell, but Seattle implemented the Rams offense, the Niners offense. And really when Pete did that, he didn't want the McVay Rams passing offense. He wanted the Shanahan run part of the offense. And now this guy was drafted higher than any of the Niners running backs. I'm not counting McCaffrey on this, but they draft Kenneth Walker, who you see, I I think either last week or two weeks ago, Penny, the San Diego State running back, who they once drafted at the end of the first round, I think it had kind of resurrected his career and was playing well. He shattered his leg. And even Pete, I, I remember reading the headline saying after the game, like, I, I'm just gutted for the guy. He had really turned around he had his just career. Come back. He had just that week done a press conference in which he was like, it's so great to finally be healthy. Yeah. So they were like, they basically, now they had drafted Elf guy in the first round and then they take it Walker in the second round. Right. So that's a, wouldn't you say that's a lot? Now, he, his first round contract had run out and they had resigned him on a one year deal. So they had, but they had invested a lot into that position and it was clearly going to work. And now Kenneth Walker was picked 41 and is really good. So if he can stay healthy, like Kenneth Walker was, let's face it, Michigan State is terrible. And looking back last year, their team, he was their fucking best player by a mile. Kenneth Walker's a stud. Yeah. But you can find really good players and just kind of ride them. And the Niners did. Now, granted, he's injured. Right, Elijah Mitchell. I just wonder fundamentally at that position, like the reason Pete Carroll's career really took off once he got Russell Wilson, because they were already equipped with Marshawn Lynch, who had been drafted in the first round by the Buffalo Bills, but it had gone terribly. And I'm pretty sure that he was traded for a fourth round pick. So his Marshawn say motherfucker on ESPN last night. I mean, of course he did. Like, what do you guys? Everyone's like, yeah, he swears. And I didn't even totally blame him. It's like, but I would say, hey, Marshawn, you guys were so sweet. Like, this team is so boring. Like, it was you and Deshaun Jackson. You think anyone, no one can name one guy on this team. Casual college football fans in the South could name players on your team. Like, what do you, it's, you know, it's, did you see the video that went viral of Stanford Stadium yesterday? <laughs> well, I mean, I saw Stanford Stadium yesterday. I don't know. I didn't see the viral yeah, video. It was, uh, it was pretty ugly. But I mean, that's a lot of people were making fun of it on social media. Like, hey, guys, this is, it's looked like this when they were sweet, too. Uh, but I, I just I just think you can allocate resources at that position. And the 49ers proved it over the years. Elijah Mitchell, Mostert, Breda, Jeff Wilson, Jr. These guys were not like Adrian Peterson and, you know, stalwart names in American society in, in the sports world. Right. No one heard of most of these guys. Yeah. None of them. None of them. The the only guy the Niners have ever allocated a lot of resources, never did shit for them, and is now making sweet plays for Andy. <laughs> right? <laughs> Jarek? And what what do you think Andy did? He's like, well, I got him cheap. Right? Yeah, they do like kind of the same the same. But guy. he's now been on their team for a couple of years, and Andy likes him. Why? Because he can catch the ball. So I, I just... I, I'm torn on it. Like, I... I I think he's going to be good. He's really going to help. But I, I think when you factor in like, because there's a difference of like coward went on this rant. I saw like on this treadmill, he saw it on Twitter. It was like, you know, people get so caught up in like the, the price you pay. Well, if you really want something and you have the, you know, the assets, who cares what the price you pay? And I tend to agree, 
especially if you just look at it in terms of football when it comes to like but you're getting a sweet pass life rush. in that way. There's I no agree, but but even if you're using like pass rushers or offensive tackles or a guy that's just a position that you know he's sweet, I think there are certain positions like what if I told you that the 49ers traded two ones for Quentin Nelson? He's going to the Hall of Fame maybe one day, but you just traded two ones for a guard. Would you feel great about it? Would it most people would be like that's insane? But it, you know, everyone always talks in sports about being process oriented. We make process oriented decisions, but the fact is, the results do justify the means in the end. The Rams did some crazy shit, but they won the championship. So so what? Now the question is, if they stick to that process in the end, will that process doom them? Right? F them picks. Like they won a championship, f and them picks. So how well, it's, you- it's killing them right now. It's killing them right now, right? But okay, so your process sucks. But they'd be like, well, I got a ring, so our process worked that one time. And more, and Daryl Moore would be like, yeah, but it's the wrong. You can't operate that way. You're you're playing the percentages, playing the percentages. And McVeigh'd be like, yeah, we saw the chance to go win, and we went and won. But their pro- their process worked. Like I saw them win it, over. It worked. And over. But I but the argument would be, well, the odds are if you do that process for 15 years, it will fail more than it works. 100%. It, it will bite you in the ass. It's impossible to sustain doing what they were doing. But I think they'd even acknowledge that. We were just all yeah. in. I mean, but they. But the point is, like, they can't continue with that process forever. And they were just right? willing to do it. No problem, right? And that's kind of your point on the Niners. is like, well, okay, you wanted the asset. You got the asset. Here's the thing. it does As long as they can find another way to fixing the other problems they have, if there's another path to fixing the problems, fine. But I think what you're saying is you it's hard to see the path right now to fixing their offensive, to finding a right tackle next year. Right. Yeah, and, and part of it, let's just assume Jimmy's not on the team and they Trey Lance the starter and they're utilizing his quote-unquote cap space. You would say use that extra resources not on the running back position, correct? Right. Like if Christian McCaffrey was a free agent and there was like a sweet D-tackle, a sweet guard, like a, a another sweet corner. <laughs> You'd be like, well, go after those guys over Christian McCaffrey. Let's assuming you just have to spend money, right? If you had to prioritize, like I, I just gave you some, you know, whoever the top D tackle pass rusher is that they could afford, the top guard or right tackle that they could afford, and Christian McCaffrey, you would choose those other positions over Christian McCaffrey. Yes. If you told me a starter at that position over him. But, yeah. you know, this is partly, a, not to get too big picture, it's partly a Trey Lance thing. Like, you're banking on, your part of drafting Trey Lance was, you watch the Chiefs, you watch the Bills, you're going to get a quarterback that can make up for some of your deficiencies. Do you remember and when... Uh, and they still need, like, they badly need that. They need the quarterback that can make plays, broken plays, do things on the field that overcome... Bad play calls, missed blocks. Like ultimately, Andy Reid, the best offensive coach of the era, Patrick Mahomes still erases mistakes and erases good well, plays use, by the defense. Let's use an example: uh, the Chiefs, who now to me, to me, are kind of the standard in the league. How they recently started acquiring people around their star, superstar, rocket ship quarterback. The year Jeff Schwartz's brother gets hurt and they uh, Eric Fisher's career just kind of ends. He tears his Achilles, right? They lose both those two tackles. They need a new tackle. What do they do? They made a pretty bold trade for Orlando Brown because he refused to go back to right tackle when Ronnie Stanley was coming back. So they traded all these picks. Remember, it was a crazy like pick swap, and it turned out to be like 
a second and a third or whatever to get Orlando Brown. Then they trade Tyreek Hill so they have extra assets, right? They have multiple first-round picks. They have their own, and then they have the pick of Tyreek from Miami. Who? What positions do they use that on? A corner and a pass rusher, right? A corner and a pass rusher. So in the last year, when they've acquired stuff, they made a trade for a left tackle, a corner, and a pass rusher that they allocated their resources for. And a couple years ago, when they used at the end of the first round on Clyde, which has kind of had a weird career, I bet if you ask them, they're like, you know, we shouldn't have done that. We shouldn't have, even though we really liked the guy, obviously he hasn't lived up to the hype, even though he was fucking awesome at LSU. I understand really liking him. We all liked him. If you watched LSU play, he was sweet. But, like, we have proven, like, who did they name their starting running back today? This morning, I look on Twitter. It's like, Pacheco's going to start. Where did they get him? Seventh round. Who did they throw the ball to today? Jarek McKinnon. Where did they get him? Off the scrap heap. It's like you can find that position. Good offensive coaches find that position for really cheap. You don't need to make trade for it. You do not need to draft guys high. You just don't need to do it. Yesterday when Sark blew another game, his best player by far is the running back. And that running back is going to get drafted really high. But when the team that drafts that guy really high, like, should you? Like the Steelers. Najee Harris is awesome. They use the 23rd pick on him. And it's like they're getting their ass kicked again. They're about to be two and five. You know, well, I'm like, watching I'm watching UCLA and Zach Charbonnet thinking, where's he gonna get drafted? You've watched him closely than me closer than me. Like when I've watched him, he looks pretty sweet, but is he probably like a third round pick? Well, like, they, because he plays running back, but I think he's like he'd be perfect for Kyle Shanahan. He's yeah. smart, he runs his ass off, he's hard to tackle, he's one cut and go, and he catches the football. So would you have just been able to get that guy with one of the picks you sent away? Yes. Yes. But as Rip and Josh says, we're debating something that hasn't happened. If McCaffrey's healthy for the next three years, it'll be a steal. If he's injured next week, it'll be a waste. Somebody said, what does that have to do with uh, Mech says, what does trade capital have to do anything with what happened against Kansas City today? McCaffrey's been on the team for two whole days. I mean, this is part of it. What happens this year with the team and with McCaffrey affects the way you look at this trade, right? Whatever happens next year happens next year. Von Miller and the they won the title. So does Christian McCaffrey help you win games? They Today, win the t- they win the title. Of course, it's a good. Well, deal. yeah, but I, I just think like ultimately they got like, to the NFC Christian, Championship game last year with Rando running backs. I thought Christian made them a little better today because he made some plays. Like they got multiple big runs from two different running backs in the game. Jeff Wilson and Christian McCaffrey hadn't been happening, and I think you're partly protecting against the the possibility that that you get a running back hurt and Jeff Wilson gets hurt and now what right if that yeah. i think that's part of why you do that deal but ultimately um you know they they they've got they've got a hole to dig themselves out of and Christian McCaffrey he's not a right tackle and he's not a safety and he's not a interior defensive lineman but they got to find a way to make him make an impact for them and one place i do think he can do it they have struggled in the red zone, John. This is not just a Chiefs problem for the Niners. No. they've got, Christian McCaffrey has to score red zone touchdowns for the 49ers. He's not Lendale White, but he's got to score red zone touchdowns for the 49ers. I mean, that to me is like, outside of some of the other stuff we've talked about, a very specific way they can make him worth what they paid. Do they he, score in the second half of games? Doesn't really feel like they do. Well, if you know, if you could like run the opening script and then give the other coaching staff, uh, like the men in black light, and then just run the opening script again, they'd they'd average forty a game. By the way, while we were talking, I just did some quick 
scoring is down in the league. Um, like, well, pa- yeah, I saw someone break down like the quarterback, the touchdowns are way down, the, the well, passing just, yards are down. All the Shanahan guys right here just trying to <laughs> stretch run everybody to death, John. But like right now, um, twenty six. It, it ain't a problem for a uh, pistol Pete up in fucking Seattle. I'll tell you that I much. I know. Thirty seven today, guy. <laughs> I know. And they what did they score last week? Forty five. It feels like they've had multiple like three plus games over thirty five. They're last week. Uh, oh no, they just cruised the Cardinal victory nineteen to nine. But they oh. did lose to the Saints thirty nine thirty two. They beat the Lions 48-45. That's the game I'm thinking of. Okay, that was a while ago. They're top 10 in scoring right now. But that's why I looked it up is because top 10 in scoring right now is, you know, last year, this year, 24 points per game is 10th. Last year, 28 was 10th. So points are down across the board in the league. But um, when I was watching, and I only watched a little bit of it, but when I've watched Seattle play well, there's like a looseness to them. And, and maybe it's just because they're not, there are no expectations. Yeah. yeah th- so that helps. Th- there is, I don't know. Is the Yankee game on right now? Yeah. Did, did you see that it was $20 get in price? And obviously, you know, to me, they are fundamentally flawed. You know, to, you have to be able to just get a base hit and start a fucking rally in the playoffs. Like well, their just, first round win, right, was the lowest batting average ever by a team that won a series. It's impossible to win like the way they play in the playoffs. It's pretty clear when you face and and, uh, and their bullpen is sub not great. So, I I do wonder. I don't even. I've lost my train of thought. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Um, you watch the Yankees twenty dollars to get. Oh, pressure, pressure on the Seahawks. Oh, okay, and, and I I do think, and, and you see this just in playoff baseball. But I like to me the Padres just got beat. I didn't think they looked tight. The Yankees look tight. Yeah, like they just look tight. And there are elements when things start going wrong a little bit, and maybe this is Jimmy Kyle the combination. It just gets tight fast. Like you said, there's just a rhyme or reason to everything Andy's doing. Like the next ASU coach, my guy Kenny Dillingham. Uh, up at, at oh, your guy now? Well, there's just a rhyme or reason to his play calls. He's you know? good, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, is uh, he is he coming here? I did a little I did a little digging on him yesterday. Torres, because I was like, you know, this guy didn't play college football, but he kind of looks like an athlete. Bad ACL tear, I guess, his senior year. Oh, in uh, high school. Uh, in high school. So I don't know if he was like an ASU level player, but obviously went there. Then he became friends because he started coaching at Chaparral High School which is, you know, a big power yeah. around the Scottsdale area. So when Norvell would come recruiting, who was the offensive coordinator at the time, they hit it off. And he's like, shit, why don't you just come? He kind of figured out that he was an ASU student helping them out. Norvell got him on the staff and he started coaching there. Wow. And he now he's just little- making Bo Nix look like uh, Patrick Mahomes. doesn't hurt that Dan Lanning's going for balls to the wall. Big balls, Dan Lanning. Doesn't hurt that um, you're also you're coaching against McGovern too. Yeah, I mean, although they they actually had some, they've had some success getting pressure on guys, and they they did not get any pressure on Bo Nix. But, um, uh, to your point, to your point, to your now point, the guy is 32, though, so I, who knows? But it feel it feels like it feels like it's a a likely hire. Um, buh, buh, buh. oh well, I also I go back to I don't want to I hate harping on this, but. Like, I think it's you're looser when you know it's not all about the one time judge comes up every three innings or Stanton. And you're looser when you know, fuck it, we can get down to the game 10 nothing. No biggie. 
Patrick Mahomes, how many fourth quarter comebacks has he had? Because I know how many Shanahan has had, right? Like I think what? that's part of it is when every possession is like you gotta you gotta score here because there's only gonna be four possessions left and blah 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 blah. When you see Mahomes score three touchdowns in four and a half minutes, you're like, well, fuck, what's the big deal? I think it's just easier to operate that way. Guy, did you see the Fox manipulated? They didn't go to seven, they went three. He's one in twenty-nine, down three headed into the fourth quarter. He does not come back. And I'm watching the Packer game, I'm watching the Tampa game and the 49er game. Now, they all have different specific issues. None of them can score. None of them can score. The Green Bay Packers cannot score. Now, if I'm those teams, I do have Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. I got Jimmy Garoppolo, but none of them can score. The the, the Packers missed Devontae Adams in the worst fucking way. Tampa, who knows? I don't quite can't put my finger on that one. And the 49ers, it's I can't quite put my finger on it. I, the right tackle has been a major issue. I mean, guys have been flying up. But yeah. There are people in the backfield. When you want to get pressure on the Niners, you get pressure. I, and when you get pressure on Tom, like he can't move. I would say the one, like Aaron can kind of keep plays alive. He scrambles around. There's no one to throw to. Keep Jimmy plays alive. Did you see the last play today? That thing was back from the dead. He, he still makes he sweet plays. threw a touchdown pass on like the seventh lateral of a drive. You saw the last play of the Packer game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was sweet. His his Did touchdown though. Was a backwards throw. It was the close. Had their arm out like <clears throat> it was illegal lateral. It was, and just hit the guy in the nuts. It was the one that did that go through his legs and like go out of bounds. Short hopped his 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 nuts. <clears throat> I think. Yeah, and then went OB. But he made the the touchdown to get him back in the game where he kind of rolled out was like vintage. Like he still got it. To me, Brady looks like Brady can't move. Jimmy can move, but when he moves, it's usually a disaster. They, they just cannot score. And, and I don't care. I'm with you. Scoring's down. But, like, you got to be able to score. Like, today. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. Scoring down was not a comment on the Niners. No, no, I agree. But I'm just saying, like, we have three teams that I would say pretty universally people would have picked them to make the playoffs. The 49ers, Tampa Bay, and Green Bay. And Tampa scored. Niners scored 23 today. Green Bay. Tampa scored three. And Green Bay scored 21. Like, I'm not asking for Mahomes uh, when we're on, we're going to get 40, but you got to go when you're on like sniff 30. And I just, these teams can't do it. And the Niners, I would say have the least excuse just given, especially now moving forward. I mean, guy, they, that was the other thing that I took away today. Like once they kind of get this guy indoctrinated to like just some basic plays, like clearly it was on the fly. I know he watched all the meetings. It was just a lot going on, but like after this week, how many teams can roll out, siphon the quarterback out? These names, Trent Williams, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, that's pretty fucking remarkable. Yeah. And I would say, uh, you know, we love Juszczyk. I don't want to pander here, but I mean, he is just a, him a too. He's just different. You know, you saw it today, but I, he get his I, finger I cut in the guy's I, face mask. Yeah, I don't know. He came back. I, I wanted to. I, I, I love getting video. On the finger, you know, like when it's when you run to the sideline, you got to pop oh, it back. I like the guy, like it's yeah. it like slow motion, like it's out, it came out. The Brian Baldinger, you know, when the finger's pointing that way. The uh, Anthony Munoz, yeah. I, I have put my finger. I believe I put my finger on it with the Niners, and it's very simple. It is that they run the Princeton, like they need eleven plays, things to go right. Like first down that doesn't pick up a, a yardage feels devastating. Second and ten feels like 
third and ten. I mean, forget it. Although they again, they this is where I say Jimmy made a lot of really good throws today. Like I thought he made some very good throws. But anyway, people will misinterpret that. But I think that's the fundamental problem. They 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 it you know they they struggle to go like if they go one step back, two steps forward in one play. And that the more you have to do, the more things that have to go right in order for you to score a touchdown, the harder it is to score a touchdown. Well, I that, think that's what I'm saying about the other the, comparing them to the other teams that I just would have viewed coming in the season on their equal. Like Rogers averaging, he didn't throw over 200 yards today. It's like five and a half yards a play. When I watch the Bucs, they can't move the ball. Like they don't get explosive with plays. The Packers, I look at their team and go, okay, I get it. Like the 100%. That's the thing with the Niners. Like how, this offensive fucking genius, how can you not make some plays for your sweet players? Just get him in a little space. You get juice in space, he's getting you 15 yards. You get Kittle in space, he's getting you 20. You get Debo or Ayuk, they get you 40. Now McCaffrey easily just get him in the you know a wheel route. He's getting you seven with his eyes closed. So it's like there's a lot of pressure on the coach to corral the quarterback and figure this shit out because, like you said, Green Bay, totally understandable. I mean, their best offensive player is by far probably non-quarterback is Aaron Jones. It's a running back. Like, he can only do so much. The nine, and, and the the, uh, the Tampa, I mean, they're just – they got some issues. I mean, they got some names, but it ain't working. The Niners have guys like in their prime, young, play speed, no one questions. Like, God, they all look fantastic, right, moving yeah. around. Yeah. Kittle making plays. Like, Kittle had an oh. incredible game. What a – you know, it's – he had an incredible game. Like he was not single-handedly, but he was going to be one of the stars of the day if they found a way to pull that thing off. He was one of the best players. He was one of the best players on the field for the sure. Niners. Um, you know, to your you mentioned the NFC already, so we're in it. But what could the Niners trade? I, I don't want to do this, but like, if McCaffrey goes for a second, third, fourth, and a fifth, like, what's Kittle worth in the open market? Easily a first. Are the Rams involved in the bidding? Could the no, Niners you- be involved in the in their own bidding? No. No. Because the Niners, if Kittle was on the Panthers, if Kittle was on the Panthers and was available last... Well, they wouldn't be able to get him because they don't have a first-round pick. No, no, right? no. But let's just say, like, Kittle's on the Panthers the other day. Bit, the, the bidding is on. Niners and Rams would obviously both want him, right? The Niners sure as shit would well, want Well, the Niners him. would offer their second, their third, their fourth, and then the following year's one. Yeah, I mean, he, but the point is, if the, let's just say the Niners had all their picks. Would they have offered a one, one two, three? Like, yeah, they would have. Well, they've yeah. offered two ones. They would offer a lot, especially with his contract, too. Uh, so the 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 um, the Giants won, John. They're six and one. Tampa lost. Tampa is still in first place in their division at three and four. Panthers alive. Panthers are not alive at two and five, although they'd love to get into a tiebreaker situation, I guess. The, the Panthers kicked their ass. I, I That game, I saw a lot of that game. Like, it was crazy because the Panthers, like, hit multiple big plays in the passing game. And um, DJ Moore had a sweet touchdown where he, like, kind of dragged his feet. And, and then he had another catch that was not a catch but was almost a catch that was incredible. Pretty good for he, a guy who – What would, he, what would he go for, a one? I mean, what's the wide receiver class going to be like this year? You know, it's a problem. Is you can always just get a sweet guy that's – Hasn't demanded it a trade. Doesn't feel quite as sweet as previous couple of years. Well, there's not three Alabama guys, and you know the Georgia like like the you're a year away from getting the Georgia tight end. And Smith and Jigba's been injured, right? I guess Jordan Addison. What's his? Is he hurt? No, he was back. Oh, he I mean, he's on game? a bye, but he's supposed to be. They they were on a bye this week, but it looks like it's not going to be long term. So, how many, how many games is Tom Brady not throwing a touchdown? 
probably doesn't happen that often. Look, I was watching them today. The guy retired this year, then left the team during camp. Uh, it's not nothing. Like, that's just weird. And they look beyond weird. They look weird. Um, but I'm not surprised that the Bucs are not as good this year. Seattle's four and three, first place, the NFC. Minnesota's the two seed at five and one. I mean, you've got the Giants and the Vikings are a combined 11 and two. I would sign up to play one of those teams in the playoffs in a heartbeat. Uh, but you got to get to the playoffs. That's the thing. Uh, like somebody who's kind of good, the Ram, like if the Rams or the Niners or I, I would say the I would say the Giants are the story of the year. They have to be. But I would put Seattle pretty close. I mean, yeah, people you, people put not only dirt on them, people thought they were gonna be a laughing stock. I think fundamentally there are teams winning games right now that are not threats to win the championship in the in the playoffs. Well, yeah, I mean, to, and to those me, teams are in that. Like, my point is, there's going to somebody who I don't think the forces, Giants are going to make the playoffs. Okay, but somebody who forces their way in in the NFC playoffs, who's maybe good but doesn't have a good record or could be better, is going to get a favorable matchup. The Giants are going to miss the playoffs at six and one. Well, we got a we got a big game next week: Giants at Seattle. Wow, that is a huge. Game. <laughs> I mean, that's if the Giants win that, then yeah, I mean, you get to seven and one. It's you probably get to ten, and you get to ten in the NFC, you're fucking in the playoffs. But they they still have another game against the Cowboys. They already lost. They have not played the uh, the Eagles yet. Now the one thing is, you watch the Commanders. Like maybe they got a little more life with Heineke. Maybe at this point in time, like Heineke's not terrible, and and Wentz is just he just drags you down for I I don't even can't quite put my finger on it. Variety of reasons. Um, some Jackson says, look at the Giants schedule well i'm looking so at seattle then they get the texans then they get the lions then they get the cowboys commanders eagles commanders vikings colts eagles but they get eagles the last week of the season which that could be a throwaway game they went at seattle yeah they could do it i mean they, they might win it. five or six more games right they, they, they could they, they could be in the playoffs yeah Especially in the NFC, if they just win four, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So if they go four and five, they'll be a 10 win team. Yeah, they, they could do it. So the NFC East could have three teams. Niners better win the fucking division or they say bye bye to the playoffs. Yeah. Because the Giants will be a the Giants and the Cowboys could be wild. The, I mean, 10 wins will be a wild card all of a sudden. Yeah. Luckily, the rest of the NFC, wide open. <laughs> yeah, I know. You, the seventh seed might be eight and nine this year. Uh, the end of the, the, I mean, the end of the Packer-Washington game was crazy. The Panthers-Bucks game was bizarre. The Giants, the Jags almost, for people who didn't see that, the Giants are six and one. They won 23 to 17 over Jacksonville, who had a Trevor Lawrence throws it. It's like down to the two. You think the guy might be about to score, and then somebody comes in and stonewalls him, and the game ended like that. Like the Jags had a chance to score a touchdown to tie, and it would have been an extra point for the win. Seahawks Chargers, relevant because the Niners play both. J.C. Jackson and D.K. Metcalf were both carted off with knee injuries in that game. I didn't see the D.K. one. I didn't either. I just saw him in a cart. I saw the J.C. Jackson one. It was it was, it was a non-contact just went down, a lot of pain, holding it, whole team around him, down on the ground forever. Um, as we're doing this, maybe we've had, we've had an update on on those, but the Chargers are kind of a joke. I mean, Denver's Denver's kind of done. Yeah, what are they two? What what's what are the Chargers? They were four and two. They're four and three, but oh. I mean, they 
how do you take the Chargers seriously? That's one. I, I, I thought they were a lock playoff team, and they, they just aren't. Did you see much of that game? No. Barely watched any. I mean, is Herbert, is Herbert playing hurt? Feels like he might be. 33 of 51, two touchdowns, a pick. Mike Williams got hurt. I don't know if he came back in that game, but he limped off. Well, it's, but again, like Herbert is 23. It's, it's they're giving up 37 points. No, no, I, I know. I'm just saying it. Herbert the other day, you know, kind of looked like maybe it wasn't 100 percent, but they should be able to score more than 30, 23 yeah. and not give up 37. So it's a double whammy for them. Pretty shitty day, I thought, overall, just in terms of like the buzz this morning. It just felt bleh. Oh, you knew it was going to be coming yeah. in. To me, it actually got better than I thought because it was just weird. Like, uh, yeah, I expected Panthers Bucks to be bad because the Bucks would be kicking their ass, not because the Panthers would be kicking their ass. Titans Colts is ne- never does anything for me. Oh, oh, bad poor game. Colts don't even have like somebody else to throw in there just to pretend like you can get something out of this season, right? No. Although at three and three, they're, what are they? Three and three? God, they feel like they should be so much worse. They feel worse. They play the Commanders next week. Go Commanders. I'm kind of rooting for Heineke. Uh, Jets beat the Broncos. Our locks were 0 for 2 this week. Fade us. Fade Ham. Zach Wilson, 16 of 26. No touchdowns, no picks, 121. Brent Rippon. Do you think the recipe was throw it 46 times? Because that's what they did. Well, I saw him throw a pick. Broncos. How many picks did he throw? One. So, uh, I... I- not good. Yeah, I'd say that uh I'd say old Nate Hackett's gonna get fired. He gonna get fired. And then all off season's gonna be an exhausting. Russell had to look in the mirror. He's training extra hard. He was involved in the coaching search. I it's you can already see what's coming. Loves B enemy. Him and B enemy are getting along great. <laughs> Can't see that one. Him and D'Amico are getting along great. I could see the owners. Who knows? I mean, maybe they offer Sean Payton, $200 million. Yeah. If a college coach gets 100 I mean, who knows? who's to say that an NFL coach won't get 150 I mean, it's, it's Walmart money, right? Yeah. Uh, all right. On that note, anything else to add? Good job, Cal. We did keep, it, everybody. Keep trucking, buddy. <laughs> we did it. All right. Uh, Rams week again. Rams off a of bye. And uh, we shall see. Adios. Later, everybody. Thanks for hanging. Have a great week. We'll talk to everybody soon.